from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely thoughtful, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? Today we were thinking of talking about, you know, every family has them, those unique characters who, you know, when you're a kid, you're just kind of obsessed with hearing about. And for you and I, it was um, one of our mom's cousins and his wife, uh, just out of respect for them, even though we say all of this with love, we're going to not say their names, although our dad (laughs) suggested (laughs) that we change one of their names by like one letter. (laughs) As if that would have made the difference. (laughs) They would just probably would have just thought we were mispronouncing their names. Yeah, totally. But anyways, uh, you know, our dad's full of good ideas. And and sometimes we take them, sometimes we don't. So this cousin of our moms and his wife, for as long as we've we've known them, have lived in this RV um, that they named Homer. And basically, the whole thing with them is that they would send our mom periodically and other members of our mom's family like these really long letters detailing their their adventures in Homer. Yeah. So we would get these letters. I actually don't remember ever meeting these relatives in person. I know you do. Yes. But I don't remember. But yeah, at some point when we were kids, we got really into reading these letters. And then we sort of had a band. We had a song that was just, I think, us you just reading the whole letter. And these are like incredibly long, detailed letters. 
along to like a musical interlude. And what was the chorus? Okay, it goes like this. This is a letter from Barry and Cynthia. This is a letter from Barry and Cynthia. And then you would read the letter and there was like um, some guitar in the background. But yeah, these were... I think you would read some of the letter too, I would read some of it too. I think we would harmonize. We would harmonize. But so we, we found some of these old emails which were forwarded from our grandma who sadly has passed away and she was probably yeah in her late late 80s early 90s and she i think knew we were into these so she would always forward these these emails to us, which is funny because i don't remember ever otherwise really getting emails from her well that's the thing is that we we they used to be in letter form snail mail form and then and then yeah i remember once in a while she was she could email our grandma margie she could she could email uh, uh, she emailed a little bit but the fact that like she knew that we love these correspondences from them enough to like she only forwarded them to the two of us like she we must have said to her we love these letters and we want you to send them to us anyways part of the reason we love them just to get to it is because they're so long so detailed in a way that you go who who is this for <laughs> so we just wanted to read a few excerpts from some of the email letters that our grandma forwarded to us so here's one from a trip they took to new york Initial impression after living here 20 years ago, very little litter on sidewalks. Cabs look new, sedans, SUVs, and hybrids. Don't see public urination or those awful yellow-filled bottles laying in the gutter. Think the city has cracked down. Trains and subways much newer and clear. I mean, at what point do you go, just talk to each other about it? (laughs) Now, Jonah, there was another paragraph that you found really interesting. Yeah, there's another paragraph that I found interesting was about them hanging out at uh, Zabar's. Yeah, here we go. Our most favorite thing to do so far is sit at a long, narrow table in the middle of tiny Zabar's Cafe, and then parentheses, it says, daily cooked, baked on the premises, authentic foods. (laughs) Table is rarely clean, so we wipe away the crumbs, eat from our tray, and talk to the people across from us. Usually we start with coffee and matzo ball soup, then get back in line multiple times trying something different. Each time, one cousin especially likes the cheese blintzes and latkes, but every time they try something different, then they go next door to the market and get the bagels and rye breads. They wander around. So, yeah. I mean, I got to think if I'm the person across from them at that long table at Zabar's, I'm going, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. I mean, again, said with love, but like when you get the people who are visiting from out of town and they're just going to Zabar's every day to see what's, who's, who's. What's happening? Who's here? It's weird because I'm like strangely jealous of this because I always feel like, I mean, I lived in New York for, I don't know, 11 years. I always felt like I was so busy. And this idea of like, what do you want to do? Like, I don't know, let's just go to this restaurant and just talk to people and sit around and just eat different stuff. They're the only people who aren't like running around in New York. (laughs) (laughs) So there's something very desirable about that. There's something. And the the last thing I want to mention from these letters is there's some mention about how their feet got, they do, you know, they were walking around a lot. Their feet got very like kind of sore and tired. So when they went back to their RV, they soaked their feet in some water and then they proceeded to attach a photo of their feet soaking in a way that I thought, you don't need that. <laughs> but again, <laughs> but again, I just showed the photo to Matt. You know, look, that's your family. They're kooky. They're crazy. They're fun. They tried to park in front of our aunt's house once with their RV, and she told them, absolutely not. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> now, Jonah, I think that it's time that we move on to our incredible guests that we have here today. Yes. We are so excited to have this incredible talent here. Our next guest is not only my friend, but an electrifyingly talented young star who not only co-hosts the brilliant podcast Lost Culturistas with the incredible Bone Yang right here on Big Money Players Network, but who you may have seen as a host on Quibi's game show or as a guest star on Nora from Queens, Search Party, Shrill with Moi. And he is currently a writer in the voice of Twink on Q-Force. And sorry to save the best for last. Oops. He will be starring in my show. I love this for you. Once we film and premiered in 2022, you can find all of this info on his newly minted Wikipedia page. Please give it up for the unbelievably talented Matt Rogers. Wow, you said electrifying new star. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was huge. I'm so excited to be here. And I have to say, I was shook by many elements of that story. <laughs> You know what threw me? The coffee and matzo ball at the same time. Yeah. Coffee and matzo ball yeah. at the same time. Two different hot liquids that conflict, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they were all in for all of the, I guess, the hottest items. I mean, but that's what makes them characters. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, and, and they lived up to you telling you saying that about them. Also, I want to say I love that they were really long letters, but written like a bulleted list. Yeah. <laughs> They were. Cavs look new. <laughs> Thinking this. It's like written like a postcard, but not a postcard. It's like per, you, you'd think like, oh, these people must be big postcard senders. No, they're letter writers, but they're written like postcards. They do read like postcards. And it's also like the level of detail is incredible. I mean, I it kind of reminded me of like when I was little and I had a diary, I would sometimes catch myself like writing too many details to the point that I was like, Remember who your audience is. It's like basically nobody. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Matt, do you have any like interesting family members like this who you really yeah. like? Yeah. <laughs> you have to remember where I'm from. Long Island, New York. Right, 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 right. It's right. where characters are bred. Ugh. Think about the famous celebrities from Long Island. It's Rosie O'Donnell, Mariah <laughs> Carey, and like Billy Joel. It's like larger than life people. There's no like right. flop celebrities or like not flop celebrities. And there's no like boring people from Long Island. Right. It's like right. Lindsay right. Lohan. You know what I mean? It's like we go for broke with yes. our output of people. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, in terms of my family, like it's a it's a major ant culture. It's like ants <laughs> yeah. that are saying everything and nothing. It's yes. like here's here's the way I describe people from Long Island. And this would be my family saying so many words without saying much. You know what I mean? It's like the way that like, like if you were going to ask someone like, hey, do you want a bagel from the store? Like probably people could respond with, yeah, I would or no. And maybe they would say, say what kind of bagel they want. When you ask like a Long Island aunt or like one of my aunts, it's like, well, you know, we ate it too. We're going to eat at 2.30 and, you know, we did eat at 9. So I could do a bagel, but, you know, then it's like, are we doing cream cheese? Are we doing butter? It's too much. If you're going to go, then go. I mean, like, but I, you know what? Let me ask my husband. Richie, what are we doing bagels or what? Because we're going to eat later. It's like, it's, it's literally. And then, of course, like, you'll be like, okay, so no. And then they'll be like, well, you know, you didn't get us a bagel before at the store when you went. So, <laughs> so it's very that energy. Yes. So like, there's no, there even people that would describe themselves as like introverted on Long Island or not because they just say more words per minute than anyone else. And when you're saying a lot of words, you're going to get some gold. Yes, totally. The hit rate's going to be up. Yeah, for you know? sure. 
I want to take you back to, to Zaybars really quick. I want to put you in a situation. Yes. You're you're at Zaybars. You're mm-hmm. sitting across from a couple who are that's sort of their plan for the day. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, What do you do? And you're like, Oh, I'm a comedian, I'm an actor, and they're asking you a lot of questions. <sighs> you're kind of there just to eat. You seem very friendly. Like, are you good at kind of disengaging from that? What's your move? So um here's the deal. It's like I first of all, it like I said it chill up my spine to say to someone like that you just run into at Zabar's, I'm a comedian. Because it's then it spins them off into a whole death, death, thing. Death. Uh, and I still to this day, like I I rarely call myself that because of what it like creates in the person receiving uh. it. Like so I that I I would don't know if I do that. I'd probably say, because I think it's like, and this is not to shade. But the, probably the most vague and boring thing that they can't really find a way into is I'd probably say I'm a writer. You know what I mean? Uh, like yeah. Then you can kind of, it can be anything. It's amorphous. People don't know what to ask. When That's you say you're move. an actor, it's like, what were you in? What have I seen you in? What do you do? Do you do more stage? You do movies. It's like people ask shit like that. So with with a couple like that who are clearly planted there, <laughs> I think I think if I'm reading their energy and I'm seeing the coffee and I'm seeing the matzo ball soup, Honestly, with the way you've described them, I think I'm half engaging. I think if they yeah. ask what I do, I say I'm a writer. And then honestly, I, I, I actually am not like someone who parks. So I would probably just get up and go. That yeah. would probably be enough. I kind of want to reenact though. Like what if you had just sat down with your food? I'm Cynthia. Okay. okay. <laughs> Doug, leave <laughs> these names. I'm Cynthia Jonas Berry. Okay. Let's so do it. we're sitting there. You just sure. sat down with a whole bowl of matzo ball soup. You can't, It's it's not in... A portable container. You have to eat it there for some. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. really they put it. They've put it in a, a hot bowl. <laughs> you cannot take from the you restaurant. You cannot take like, it with you. And even okay. if you wanted to, the bowl was too hot to take it. Like exactly, it's, uh, exactly. Okay, exactly. so I'm there. You Got it. Okay, and scene. Sure. Hi. How are you? Oh well, we don't live here. We're actually visiting. And how are you? That looks like a delicious soup. I see we're sort of twinning on the soups. It's, I heard it's really good here. I'm I'm good. I, I do. I Well, I'm actually visiting. I lived here for a long time. Where are you guys from? Um, Barry? Yeah, we're from uh, the Southwest, I believe. And we're... The uh, yeah, yeah. And we're just trying the menu, kind of just trying a couple things and hanging and trying a couple more things. Is that your RV things. out front? Yes, yes. The Zabar's people said, move it. I had a feeling. Is it, well, yeah, I mean, I, you guys are parked in, like, it looks like half a bus zone. So um, <laughs> that's that's a that's a real sturdy, sturdy van there. It's, so it's, where do you big. live now? I live in L.A. Oh, I, live LA. I know. Right. It's so annoying. L.A. Yeah. What are Los the bathrooms Angeles. like there? <laughs> Bigger than here. Everything uh, there is, you know, what's funny. They, they, they make that joke about like, it's a lot more space. Come out. It really is. I mean, I like it more. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm here to hang out with friends. That's true. We've yeah. been there. Uh, you know, are you part of the biz? <laughs> what gave me away? Well, a, yeah. You got that look. <laughs> that look. I'll take that as a compliment. I'm a writer. It's not. It's, I, I, you know, I, anything we've seen. <laughs> um, I wrote on a Netflix animated show, but I don't think it's your guys. Le- what's it called? <laughs> shit it's called q force um it's a it's a bunch of gay and queer spies who um sort of team up together to solve crimes in west hollywood and around the world oh is that like I'm the west wing kind of oh no no it's not like the west wing okay the west oh. wing but it is sounds more... like it's similar to the west wing 
Well, the West Wing, I think, is more about like um, the president and politics in DC, oh, and this is more gay it. spies we in love Los Angeles. The West Wing. I have, I, you know, it's been a very long time since I've seen it, but a lot of my friends really love it. I hope well, there's some new episodes coming. Yeah. Out. I don't know. I think it's off the air, but but um, you know, nope. We, don't stand up. You got to finish your soup. <laughs> Oh God! I just <laughs> forgot. Um, I just forgot. I have you gotta to leave. finish your soup. <laughs> okay, it's so hot, you know. Um, so what? What else? Um, where are you guys headed next? So you guys stay um, here for a while, and by here I mean in New York City, not the Zay bars. But it does seem like you guys are pretty planted <laughs> here too, huh? You handled them really well, Matt. Yeah. And we've all got crazy in our family. Hello, this is the first Todd, debatable but not really. And you're listening to How Did We Get Weird with Jonah and Vanessa Bayer. Now, a word from our sponsors. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hacks is back for season three. And so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Uh, okay, well, so Matt, I think it's time that we talk about this incredible, nostalgic topic that you brought in. Mm. Jonah, do you want to introduce? Yes, I would love to. So, um, Matt, you picked a topic, and it was the film Jumanji. Mm-hmm. 1995. 1995, yes. which, just as a side note, I watched for the first time ever last night. Vanessa, didn't you also watch it for the first time? I watched it for the first time a few nights ago, yes. So just a little background, fantasy adventure film based on this Chris Van Allsburg's picture book, which I was very into the picture book growing up. Um, So I I knew it from the book, which makes me sound very old. But 
the book had these really cool, almost like hyper-realistic drawings, but the book wasn't really scary. No. Right. But um, the story centers on a supernatural board game that releases jungle-based hazards upon its players every turn they take. Mm-hmm. As a boy in 1969, Alan Parrish becomes trapped inside the game, playing with his friend. 26 years later, siblings Judy and Peter find the game, begin playing, and then unwittingly release a now-adult Alan. Um, so this film was um, the 10th gross, highest-grossing film in 1995. It's mm-hmm. one animated series and then a bunch of remakes in recent years with like The Rock and Jack Black. But this, you're talking about the 1995 movie, obviously, and, and mm-hmm. the main star was um, Rob Williams, but also Kristen Dunst, David Allen Greer, Bonnie Hunt, Jonathan Hyde, and Babe Newworth. So, yeah, Baby Newworth, who I Babe always Newirth. forget is in it until I, I see it again. It's like an iconic cast. And you know what's interesting? So I loved. I love this pod because, and I like, I was really excited to come on because on Lost Culturistas, my podcast, like, we always ask the question, like, what was the culture that made you say culture was for you, which is actually very similar. And I realized I've never talked about Jumanji, and it was such an important movie for me because it, it was like funny. I thought it was really creative. And it, I think, like, when I look back, it was the beginning of like me standing Kirsten Dunst. And like she was, she's truly been in oh, all you my love favorite Kirsten movies. Dunst. I love Kirsten Dunst. I've heard Dunst. you talk about this on your podcast before. Yes. I love Kirsten Dunst. Like this was my favorite movie when I was a kid and she was in it. And then when I was a preteen, she was in Spider-Man. She was Mary Jane. And then right. she was in Bring It On. And she was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. And she like in growing up, she's just in so many amazing things. Like I feel like she artistically grows up as I literally grow up. And it's just very cool cool so i've always latched on to her from this movie eternal sunshine i just watched she's brilliant in that but also like robin williams like so good just so good and so committed and just nobody can do it like him but the star of it for me and you couldn't tell me she wasn't an a-list actress was bonnie hunt yes i was like obsessed with her sarah whittle I was like, and the way the movie sort of finds her and like needs her and like the the romance that they have and the friendship and just the whole thing, her performance, like coming around the door. Like I just, I loved Bonnie Hunt. And I remember as a kid, as like a five, six year old, I would tell my mom like all the time, like my favorite actress is Bonnie Hunt. And like he, she was like, that's weird. She's like, you know, like there's so many other people to stand. <laughs> Wasn't Bonnie Hunt, she had a sitcom, right? What? What yes. was her what was her sitcom? I think it was called Life with Bond. Got it, got it, got it. I only knew her as like this lead actress in this movie that I loved, Jumanji. Wow. Did you guys like the movie? Yes. You didn't like I, it? I liked it. I, I liked it okay. Oh I, man. I, I don't want to give, give, give your review and don't back. Well, Matt, did you see this in the theaters? Or did when you When it first came out, yes. When it first I came remember out. my mom okay. took took me and like it was like a big moment. Yeah. So I'm yeah I'm a, a little older than probably the demographic for this movie, <laughs> um, but I also didn't see it when it came out, so it doesn't really have that like nostalgic thing where it reminds me of being a kid. Uh-huh. Um, I thought the performances were great. I was sort of comparing it to the book. It's very different from the book. Was the book? Did the book take place in it? No, I'm thinking of Night at the Museum. It was in a house, but the book I think was also like 14 pages long. Like the book was like the book I think was more about the animals. It didn't really have like the drama. Or like the the fantasy. Yeah, it was more like he much. rolled a floor and a monkey popped <laughs> yeah. out. It yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like you're gonna get killed by bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I thought it was entertaining. Um, I found the child version of Alan to be 
so unlikable. Jonah yeah, texted me about how much he could not stand Child Allen. It was so weird because I was like, I'm watching a movie about this kid who's getting beat up and I feel like I should feel bad for him, but I'm kind of like... No, but you're like, eh. fuck this kid. <laughs> like, fuck this kid up. Like, so unlikable. Um, and then he sells out David Allen Greer. I know. Uh, you know, and that, that was just like, ugh. David Allen Greer is so good. He's so good. Yeah. Tony winner. Just one really? Tony. Yep. Wow. Great. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I found it to be entertaining. I mean, it was. Um, I ca- I guess I just like kept wanting it to resolve. I felt like it like it went. Oh yeah, it really spins out of control. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it it gets so crazy that I think the kid in me was just. I'm a big maximalist. Like, and and okay. I, I, when something is fun, I'm like. <laughs> I've never heard on. that term before. Oh yeah, no, I'm like I more is it. more. Ask Sudi. So like, so when <laughs> my thing is like. I always need things to, I like a lot of energy. And so I, I, I want things to be like exciting and happening. Like I'm sure. not going to like, I can't watch like phantom thread. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't watch like a patient drama about like someone right. who works with needles. Like, I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I want to see a lion pop out of a board game. You know what I mean? And then I'm <laughs> yeah, on totally. soon. Totally. Like, that's what I like. Did so, you find the movie to be scary? I did. You don't yeah. think when the lion comes out of the shadows that that's scary? No, I thought it was scary, but I would think it would be even more scary as like a kid. Absolutely. One of the most terrifying pieces of <laughs> cinema. Uh, when I saw the, when, when the, when the plant shoots Kirsten Dunst in the neck. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like for, for people who have not seen this movie, I, I guess we kind of gave the the plot, but it's like they're in this house, they're playing this board game. And every time they roll the dice, like a new animal or thing comes to life. Yes. Out of nowhere. So like the first one, which I found to be incredibly scary is like all of these like killer enormous mosquitoes come out that are like that. I hated because I already hate mosquitoes, but that I hated like on a personal level. But like I found a lot of the like animals and and stuff that came out to be particularly the monkeys. I found to be so (laughs) like I'm going to say this and you're not going to like it, Matt. No, I'm not. Unnecessarily scary. Like hmm. when the monkeys are like throwing knives and stuff, it's like, oh, this is has light semblance to a horror film. Yeah. I don't like that you said that. Um, <laughs> because I know <laughs> I, I, I get it. it. It's definitely like, you know, what's interesting. It's like definitely a scary movie. Like it a, is. A, there is like a sense of danger pervading throughout the movie but i actually like that because you put yourself in it and like again like it's it's just as a kid watching it like it is that thing too of it's like wow i really want to be in there to see if i would survive it you know it's it's that weird thing of like would i make it like if a monkey popped out and i also just think it is like a smart screenwriting device to set up like you roll the dice and and a new exciting thing pops up. Like, it's just like you're always like looking to the next checkpoint. So I think that's like a fun element of it. And they do do a pretty good job, I think, of heightening it. Like, I think it would be. And again, like maybe I'm just like being protective of it. But I, I did feel like every time they rolled the dice, whatever came out, I was like, oh, this feels like a heightened to me. You know what I mean? Like yes. or something I didn't expect. Now, the. The general Van Pelt sure. with the gun. Yeah. That felt like more gun stuff than would be There's guns in the movie. The, yeah, there's a big there's <laughs> the a, movie there's a, the movie has guns and actually it's it's gun culture the film. There's a lot of gun culture in it. Well, cuz I'm a huge was, second amendment. 
Oh, and that's yes, I, that's I wanted you. To, I, I wanted to come on the podcast and say I believe that I have the right to bear arms, and <laughs> you you will take my gun out of my cold dead hands. Okay. I go. I go, Matt. I go uh, Second Amendment. I go guns. I go Zabars. That's yeah, exactly. those are his those are his tops. <laughs> exactly. No. Um. But yeah. No. What What's your What's your read? You really didn't like that. I just I thought it it just was so wild. I mean, obviously this is just a sign of like the times, but it was like the fact that he goes in with this like old timey gun that doesn't work, and they give him like a semi automatic. Right. You're like, oh, this is. And comment. then they ask him if he works at the post office. Which that mm-hmm. felt like, right? That felt like I don't know when all those postal shootings were happening, but that feels like a weird <sighs> reference to make in like a kids movie. Yeah, yeah, I think they were talking about his outfit. I think they were referencing his outfit. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were. Maybe this was even before all that stuff happened. I thought they're making like political commentary or something. I don't think there was that much political commentary in this. Probably movie. not. I think it was more like you roll You're the dice a and uniform. a monkey pops out. You know what yeah. I mean? You're in I a uniform postal service. I was maybe reading too much into it. Yeah, no, I saw that you made that. <laughs> the postal service. You know what felt it. like a cheat to me, though, I will say, now thinking about it? It's like when they roll the dice and it's like, there's a stampede. It's like, okay, well, then now it's like, if you roll the dice and there's a stampede, it's like every animal has been released, so why are we playing still? Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt, I wanted to let you know, we found this, like, alternate theory about jumanji online yeah we're curious if you know about to get your thoughts about it it's from a website called hello giggles.com i love hello giggles (laughs) and um comes from reddit and this person kind of goes through that like van pelt couldn't have been playing the game because Mm. he didn't have a character on the board so that this person thought that van pelt was a subconscious rendering of what else alan wanted to be inside the game Van Pelt is a strong, fearless British hunter that could be a symbol of sophisticated masculinity, something Alan lacks as a child, and it's something his father wants him to have. And also, Van Pelt was played by the same actor who plays Alan's dad in the movie. Right. Which I didn't realize until I read this. Seems like you knew that, Matt. I I did. I recognized that actor right away as being the actor from the beginning of the film that played the father. Even with that mustache, I'm impressed. They didn't fool me with the mustache. Fooled me. Well... (laughs) <laughs> you, you're, you, and mustache culture are, are sort of hand That's in hand. True. No true. one's getting anything past you, Jonah. Re mustaches. I mean, Thank like, you. It's, but and wh- I just, I just pictured in my head like you being like, "Hey, guess what?" and taking it off, like <laughs> taking your mustache <laughs> off, like, and I'd be like, <gasps> and I'd be like, "That's the twist." It's a zoom filter, actually. I honestly think, and this is maybe me just making it simple. I think that it was just they had that actor. And they thought, wouldn't it be cool to make a casting choice to have him play both? And it doesn't necessarily mean anything. And I think that in the world of a jungle, there is a hunter. And so therefore, it's fair game that it pops out. Something I will say I don't really, I don't walk down this dark path too much because I feel like I'll go crazy is what was it like in the actual jungle and how did he survive? You know what I mean? That's part of what this theory, I mean, we don't have it all here, but it's basically part of this theory is that like maybe Van Pelt, when he was younger, he played the game and he never finished it. And he was also like part of things. And then when, and then because, because Robin Williams character as an adult seems to know the thing that is not really explained is how for people who haven't seen the film, you see, this kid in 1969 played the game and then gets sucked into the game basically. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out present day and he's aged and he's Robin he's Williams. He's like a wild man. And he's like a wild man. And you never really, he never really references like 
what it was like when he was in the jungle and like him aging in the jungle. But the other thing that happens is he doesn't seem to have an awareness that he's an older man when he comes out of it because he's like, where are my parents? What year is it? Like he like he thinks that it's 1969 again. And yeah. you're like, can't you tell that you're like much taller and stuff? Yeah. I also found the ending to be incredibly confusing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just for the listener, that? the ending is that they solve the game. So things go back to how they were. So it goes back to 1969. And yeah. I guess he never, uh, he gets to see his dad. His dad comes back. Like his parents have gone out to dinner when they played the game in the original version. Can I get I in here? Because we have so, no idea what we're talking about. So that would be great. I'm let, so sorry. Let, let me, let me, let me lay it down. Please. It's 1969, babe. Got a rich, rich, rich family. And it's Robin Williams as a kid. And he fucks up at his dad's shoe factory and he puts a shoe in the goddamn machinery, the shredder, shredder, and he flees and David Allen Greer ends up getting fired because he works at the shoe factory. Cut to their home. The parents are like leaving. They're going out to a fancy dinner, okay? So they're leaving. The dad and young Robin Williams get into a fight. Sarah Whittle, who's young Bonnie Hunt, ends up coming over for some reason. They have this board game. They roll the dice. Sarah Whittle, young Sarah Whittle, watches in horror as young Robin Williams gets literally sucked into a board game. Cut to present day. Kirsten Dunst and her brother, who cares, are there and they find the board game. They roll the dice. This ends up freeing Robin Williams from the game. He's cuckoo crazy. He's looking like hell. He's running around. Where's my parents? They're like, it's now. It, that was so long ago. He freaks, shaves, calms down. And they're like, what do you want to do? He's like, we got to find Sarah Whittle. They go to Bonnie Hunt's house. Now she's a psychic with a different name. She's clearly has PTSD. Okay. This is a story about trauma. Mm-hmm. They convince her this is Robin Williams. He's freed from the game. She joins them against her wishes because she's like that was traumatizing for me i never want to see that game again but they play the game because they have to finish it okay all this shit happens they do win the game and it cuts back to 1969 the young kids the young versions of robin williams and bonnie hunt embracing and the dad comes home because he forgot something and the kid runs over to him and says they have like, he's like, I love you. And if we're fighting, it's not a big deal. We'll talk about it. And the, and Robin Williams as a kid comes clean about the shoe because he knows it was wrong to let Dave, David Allen Greer take the blame. Then there's an epilogue that cuts to present day. Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt are full aged and married and they meet the kids. And this is where it's weird. Yeah. And it's like, and it's just like it, now they've met the kids who in the alternate universe, their parents were dead. Now the parents are alive and all is well. And they sing Christmas carols. That's the plot. Thank you. That was a really good way. That was incredible, Matt. I I, I start, I came in to give more details without just congratulating you and thanking you for this incredible recap that we should probably move to the beginning of this conversation. (laughs) Well, because when you talked about how bad the movie was, you hurt (laughs) me. You hurt my feelings. Cause yeah, here's what you guys have done. You said, what do you care about? What do you love? Tell us. 
I told you it was vulnerable. And then I came on this podcast and you said, here's why it doesn't work on a micro level. <laughs> and we're going to walk through it beat by beat. And we're going to talk to you about why we hate it. And I'm no, going to say, let me say no. something. It's for kids. Uh, it's for kids. Okay. <laughs> for fucking well, kids. Well, Matt, I checked you out your freaks. Wikipedia page, which <laughs> but for everyone who doesn't know this. It's a great uh, read. You're on Wikipedia, as, as we learned this week. Um, Pretty check recent, it out. right? It's a, it's a new, uh, we talked about it, yeah. Now you're trying to get back in my good graces, huh? <laughs> yeah, I have Wikipedia now. What about it? So you were five when this movie came out, so you were incredibly old. young. So you, you And impressionable, started, too. Yeah, I mean, what were some, were you, what were some other things you were kind of into, like five-year-old Matt Rogers, um, you know, just hanging around? You know what's uh, funny, know, you know, you know what I, or something? totally not skateboarding, was okay. riding bikes. <laughs> I was riding bikes all the doodah day. Like, love to ride my bike around. I also look, when I think back at this time in my life, do you know what I think the most important thing about it was? How much soda I drank. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'll never be the same from how much soda I drank as a kid. What are we talking? A two liter or a couple? What What I'm telling you, and this is true, every night at dinner, there were, there was three bottles of soda on the table. A two-liter bottle of Coke, a two-liter bottle of Sprite, and a two-liter bottle of Diet Coke. Okay, <gasps> so it was like usually I'm coking it up. I'm I'm drinking Coke, but Sprite is also so good. If you haven't drank Sprite re- as of late, you gotta give it a whirl. It's so good. Just drink Sprite again. I don't think I've had a Sprite since Jumanji came out. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have Sprite. I'm telling you, like don't. Do too much because like it, it's a slippery slope. Like once yeah. you take one sip, it's like you're you're drinking the bottle, you're drinking the whole thing. You know what I mean? But when I tell you it was on the table every single night, I mean it. Like it was what we drank. And so what we had a basement when I was little. And so when I was like five, six years old, around when this movie would come out, like I would get, I got the VHS for Jumanji, and this was like VHS culture too. So like I would put the VHS in, chug soda. Let the movie just play, and I would just pace around my 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 basement, just like on on soda, just like <laughs> really like like climbing up the walls. Like, and the thing is, I think why I connected with the movie so much is because I was like literally running around my basement while I played, like pretending I was in it. Like, I was like a big like Aww, I love to like role so play sweet. when I was by myself. Like, I I would like. I remember I would shut the door and play with blocks and like make the, I was just like very active imagination. Like, and I, I think it's because I was essentially high on soda, like (laughs) really, really, really messed up on the stuff. So that's like what I associate that period of time with, like watching that VHS and then, you know, moving on to other movies, but like watching stuff by myself in my basement, sometimes with my little sister but just running around like and, and being like hopped up on soda and sugar because the 90s were a different time where you were allowed to drink soda. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You and there's always like someone at school who's like had a fridge full of it and you'd want to go to their house because we never really had soda at our we house. We weren't really allowed to have it. That's crazy to me. You weren't allowed. So your parents were like, we know soda is bad. That hadn't reached Long Island. <laughs> yeah. I, I- <laughs> <laughs> that that news had not got to us. I think they kind of knew. I think they kind of knew. I mean, we'd ha- we'd have it sometimes, but we talked to. I feel like we had more like iced tea. We had like a lot of Snapple, you know, a lot of Lipton iced teas, which were also really sugary. 
See, but whenever yeah. whenever I went to like a house where there was iced tea, I was always like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I was like, "Where's the soda?" I was like, "What are we? What are we supposed to drink with dinner?" Not yeah. iced tea. Yeah, I got an email from Dunkin' Donuts today that like they're doing a promo on iced tea, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna get an iced tea from Dunkin' Donuts." Are you iced tea me? dehydrates you, okay? Jonah, yeah. this is like me you're... arguing for soda now. <laughs> What's that, Vanessa? Seems like Jonah was bragging that he got an email from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> well, that's actually huge. They're a huge company. Really good to get in bed with them. Really smart. I actually got incredibly obsessed with the Dunkin' Donuts app. And so every time I, I go, can see I get you fixating on something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and one of one of our mutual friends, Vanessa Miles, is is also very into this app. So yep, can see we that talk too. a lot talk a lot about strategy certain days you get bonus points. Uh oh just my God. quite a few. Free is there drinks. a Dunkin' Donuts near you? There must be a Dunkin' Donuts near you. That's <laughs> there, it looks like is, you picked a good location. The drive through is only open, not the lobby. And I've actually been emailing with the manager of the store trying no. to get some more info, and they probably are kind of sick of hearing from me. Can I can I ask, have you always been into Dunkin' or did you <laughs> no. go to Massachusetts and then get into Dunkin' there? Because it's Ben Affleck culture. Yeah. It just happened. They're everywhere here. Yeah. Um, we don't really have a lot of chains up. I live in a very rural area. There's not, there's mm-hmm. not, a, not that I'm a big Starbucks person, but there isn't a Starbucks. So it's sort of a lot well, of the coffee shops here close at like three o'clock. This one, Dunkin' Donuts is up until five. So. It's and kinda... to be fair, I think it's, I think for you to say you were not always a Dunkin' Donuts person isn't. Okay. I forgot. I, I used to hang out actually in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot for about two years when I was like a teenager. What yeah. kind of things happened there? Well, I've talked about this on other podcasts, but we would, it was so long ago that, and forgive me if you listened to this before, but uh, we would sit inside and smoke cigarettes. Sure. And I wasn't a big smoker, but people would smoke. And at one point they said, you have to go outside and smoke because the smoke is getting into the donuts. And we thought it was like a total travesty where we have to go outside to smoke. Can they even do this legally? (laughs) And so that's how long it was. But yeah, and then we just moved to the outside and we just sit outside on like the curb and just that's what we do on the weekends, just hang out. We Can never I got kicked something? out. I don't remember the people who owned it ever saying anything to us. No, that's yeah. cool guy culture. And I get why you mm-hmm. don't like Jumanji now. What did you like <laughs> in high school? What 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 did you like? What what was your like what was your as a kid was your movie? When you were was five highbrow. years old, Jonah, what was like the movie? Do well, that was remember? like I was more into punk rock and stuff, but this is older. This is a teenager. This is what I'm when, saying. When I was younger, I was actually like really into like steven seagal movies this is what i'm like, saying but, but, but i'm like a back, bonnie hunt stan <laughs> i'm like i loved when bonnie hunt put her hair up in a ponytail and ran from a crocodile but jonah when you were five you weren't when i was five i wasn't yeah that was probably a little older i don't know what did what you watch like speed we always no. had the, the three musketeers was always on in our house Okay. Yeah, three, yeah, three musketeers. We're, we're or three amigos. Three amigos. Three amigos. Sorry, excuse me. The three amigos was always on in our house. Okay. What else? When we were really young, Haunted uh, Honeymoon or something. Yeah, the Gene Wilder movie, Haunted Honeymoon, for some reason was always on in our grandma Evie and Grandpa Jack's house. So this is a thing. Gene Wilder always freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Never got it. Yeah, I don't remember like ever like choosing to put that on. I just feel like it was. It was al- always on. Matt, let me tell you, like back in when we, me and Vanessa were growing up, there just weren't a lot of options. You just like whatever was on, you kind of watched. Yeah, you didn't have a ton of uh, what's the word? You didn't have a ton of control over <laughs> what. 
You know, we're watching the Fraggles, whatever Fraggle. Oh, okay. I mean, the know. Fraggles was great. I mean, neither did you know what? You, so, did you? Were you guys big in blockbuster culture? Yeah, we had a place called Starflix, but it was basically blockbuster. So we had a blockbuster and we had a Hollywood Video. Okay, yeah. but, but I would go to Blockbuster and my mom would be like, you can pick out two movies. And so I would get obsessed with the same movies. And for a long time, it was Jumanji. So that my mom was just like, well, we're just going to buy this one. <laughs> so then that got taken out of Blockbuster rotation. But then the two movies that took its place and the only two movies I would rent for like a really long time were and I would only watch these two movies on rotation after I grew out of Jumanji were Goldeneye. And the first wives club. <laughs> so that's how gay I sort of am. Like I, I identify with like these older women being like, you don't own me. <laughs> and also like I watched the James Bond movies for like the Bond girls. So like Famke Janssen, like killing man with her thighs and anyone named Natalia. I'm going to love. So then I played, I was playing the video game too. So that's another thing that happened in the basement is like, and talk about guns like oh, yeah. playing first person shooters as a seven year old, like hopped up on Coke, the soda kind. Yeah. I mean, I feel like those <laughs> literally I had a Coke problem. Title of that Coke problem. The stuff that you, you that you're, uh, you know, guns aside, although again, this is a huge second amendment stand person, but it, when someone comes to my house, <laughs> I'm going to protect myself. Period. Got it. Got it. Got it. But I do think like Jonah was like one of the video games Jonah was really into was Crewball, which was Motley Crue songs. It was like yeah, a this pinball is what I'm game. Saying. It's like cool guys, but stuff. it was like Motley Crue song. Yeah, and, I, and if you saw me, no. you would not think I was a real cool, <laughs> real cool guy. That if age. we were five at the same time and we saw each other, it would have been this. <laughs> Matt I just shook it. his head like not. Interested. Yeah, I forgot podcasts are not a visual medium. I don't think you would have got me. Well, I, it was a different time. I, I was growing up kind of in the heyday of like, you know, 90s hair metal and all that stuff. So Yeah, uh, and I was a seven-year-old with a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to throw to a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with Matt Rogers. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Okay, we're back. Thank God. <laughs> now, Matt, we're going to play a little bit of a game with you now, okay? okay? And it's called Yes or No Nostalgia. Okay? Love. Oh, my God, love. So, so we're going to tell you about some item from the past that's making an, uh, some nostalgic item from the past that's making a comeback. And if you are into it mm-hmm. coming back, you'll give it a Nostalgia. And if you are not into it coming back, you're going to give it a no, 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 nostalgia. I love it. And can I ask a question about it? Sure. Sure. So when I say nostalgia, do I sort of say why or I'm moving on? You said that in like a little bit of a British accent. You said, do I say why? Well, PK. <laughs> well, Vanessa, I want to know. Well, darling. After I say yes or no, am I going on about it? And I don't want to go on too long. You can go on about it. If you don't, we'll ask you. All right. Now, Jonah, would you like to introduce the first? Does he have any idea what we just did? We're we're doing Dorit from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Jonah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just listened to the episode of Let's Go Doristas, and I didn't really understand a lot of the Real Housewives references, but it sounded very. But you still had fun listening, Jonah. Plug the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people did know about it, so, so yeah, no, that's cool. So, not I, people did, Mo. <laughs> Man, I feel like there's this thing between us now where like I feel like I'm trying to act too cool for stuff, but I, I really just don't know. You came stuff. on here with a thicker mustache than me. <laughs> you asked me what I liked and then shit on it. What and then said I well we drink iced it's, tea. It's tea. So it's been really rough. Long night. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I'm gonna try to redeem myself here. Okay. Uh, I love this game already. I'm really excited. Okay, great. Well, I'm I'm guessing that Vanessa wrote this headline <laughs> because it says planners. Bring back cheese balls for all for all you losers out there. And <laughs> can I, I? I'm gonna say no. No stop. You're already no stop. No, okay. I don't like artificial cheese. I don't like things. I don't like cheese puffs, cheese balls. I don't like cheesy like goldfish. I don't like cheesy snacks. I don't. Okay. Well, I want to see if this will change your mind. All right. Okay? So we're gonna. I'm just gonna give you some details. Planners okay. and makers of of obviously from the peanuts decided to bring back its beloved cheese balls and cheese curls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were popular in the 90s, but haven't been sold 
for 12 years after the planners stopped making them in 2006. Um, the absent left many upset, and one woman named Lindsay Connor even organized a petition through change.org about four years ago to bring the snacks back. This is a constant theme on this podcast. Whenever a snack gets discontinued, there's a change.org petition, <laughs> which we're always mm-hmm. like, is this what change.org is for? I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But um, the petition states, food is a wholly and completely unbiased, nonpartisan, and terribly vital component of what it means to be human. I have mm-hmm. faith in humanity, but if we can't even agree on scrumptious snacks, then I don't know what we can agree on, the petition stated. Let's get Kraft Foods to bring back these wrongly discontinued and super tasty planners' products. It appears Kraft and planners have finally listened to her. Um, they released a statement saying, we heard many impassioned pleas for us to bring back cheese balls and cheese curls over the years. We want to give our fans a chance to reunite with our most missed cheesy snack. That This is, comes directly from the planners' head of brand building, Melanie Hewitt, which it's like, whoa, that is who knows about that job. That is a serious <sighs> job. I think that Lindsay Connor and Melanie Hewitt need to <laughs> grow up, get lost, get bent, get laid. <laughs> the, the nostalgia. Nostalgia. Let me add one more quote from Hewitt just okay, to see it. if this changes. Okay. This is the last thing. Uh we made sure our cheese balls and cheese curls still have the same delicious taste, airy texture, and fluorescent color <laughs> you know and love so our fans can enjoy a nostalgic trip down memory lane with every canister. Matt, what do you think? Melanie, get real. <laughs> yeah. You're a flop. Who's <laughs> talking about cheese too much? Nostalgia. I- I'm going to give it a nostalgia too, and I'll tell you why. I did it I did always notice that those cheese balls and cheese curls they came in kind of like the planter's peanut canister. So, uh and you may know from listening to our Shallow Hell episode that I'm not a huge fan of planters anyway. <laughs> I love that you were by the way, can I say something? You were like this is really boring for the listeners to get into the granular aspects of, you know, Jumanji and y'all did an episode about Shallow Hell that was the first episode, okay? <laughs> That is an excellent point. <laughs> That's a really good point. I love that episode, by the way. And I oh, did watch the movie. I watched you, that Matt. movie again after. Oh, well. And I know it's problematic, but I do like it. Okay, Matt. Well, you also like Jumanji. So just kidding. <laughs> Cancel me. But, you know, I will say about bleeped, bleeped company, I don't always love, but it's just weird that, you know, those canisters and you're like, am I getting peanuts in here? And then it's like, oh, no, I'm getting these fluorescent cheese balls. I don't need it. I also think that, so you're nostalgia. I'm also nostalgia. I think a, a bunch of other companies make cheese balls. I mean, like, you know, you can get generic. I don't know what's better about them. I feel like bragging about how they're fluorescent is weird. Right, 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 right. No, and also make something new. Make something new. Yeah, yeah. Make something new, you know, brand building. I just feel head of brand building. Like, wow, that is just that title is just messing with me. That seems like brand building at planters. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like what? hey, look, I'll say this. If any of us were offered that job, <laughs> I don't think we'd turn it down. Cha-ching. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for our next? She's, she's right. <laughs> it is. I, but I, I love this segment because I love the fact that someone's like, well, we got these cheese balls coming out. You got to draft up a statement about it. <laughs> yeah. Just so. And not a short one. That was like one of your uh, cousin's <laughs> yeah. letters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I will say too about all these is that I will always say to these brands like, look, we're burning you. We're having fun. But also, also I'd be happy to be in a commercial anytime. Okay. So the Absolutely. next thing <laughs> we were going to talk about is, are you ready, Matt? Yeah, I'm, I'm really ready. American Girl is bringing back its OG line of dolls for the brand's 35th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So 
I think this this was happening this summer. Um, so they're bringing back the, the sorry, <laughs> they're bringing back Samantha, Kirsten, Molly, Felicity, Addie, and Josephina. Mm-hmm. All dolls will be available to purchase from the American Girl website May twenty twenty one for a hundred and fifty dollars each. They represent historical time periods ranging from 1774 to 1944. And true fans will appreciate all the little details they're bringing back for the reintroduced dolls come with their uh, original introductory outfits and accessories and their paperback books come with the vintage covers. Paperback feels like for $150 for a hardcover in there. And this article said it's like this good housekeeping article said it's like buying your childhood all over again. If you were rich, am I right? (laughs) Okay, Matt, what do you think about this one? Nostalgia. Like we've pretty much like inferred that in your reading of that, that that price point is outrageous. (laughs) That is crazy. Also, those dolls are very scary. If you ever look at them, they are actually ready to kill. And if you ever see them in the dark, I, I let's just say I would not be alone with them. And I certainly wouldn't allow my child to be alone with them. This is why I have a gun. <laughs> um, and I also just want to say that Kirsten, who was named Kirsten in the, in before 1940? I think there's something really yeah, right, fishy right, about right, this. Right. There's something really fishy about this. You know, it's so funny. This is crazy. And this is going to sound like a made up story. And maybe she now that I'm thinking about it, maybe she did make it up, but I don't think she did. When I was a camp counselor in Ohio one summer at an overnight camp, I had this camper and I and I wish I could remember her name. But if I looked up the all the American Girl dolls, I would be able to to remember it. She said that sh- she was from Chicago, which is where like the original American Girl dolls store is. It's like this mm-hmm. huge store. I've been there when I used to live in Chicago. I used to go there and one time. I almost auditioned for the the live American Girl dolls play because I thought it would be such a funny joke if I was in the sh- in the like production and then it was like a real time commitment and I thought I'm not going to audition. Anyways, the point is this girl uh, said that when she was she she said like she had been in the American Girl dolls store with her mom and some of the executives from American Girls like pulled her over and they were like what's your name and they interviewed her and they had been looking to name a new American Girl doll. And they thought that this camper that I had resembled the new doll and they liked her personality. So they named the doll after her. Now, this sounds a little bit like our dad saying he's the first Todd. In retrospect, I don't know if she was lying, but she was one of she was I remember she was one of my favorite campers. She was very well behaved and very sweet. And I don't think she made it up. Okay, I I don't think she made that up either, because I don't think anyone could. Yeah, I would. You know, I wish you remembered her name. <sighs> I will look it up. I it, it's she's one of the current like American Girl dolls. It's like that feels like the creamy middle it's of like the story. Keely you know? or like um, it's like Keely. a not Keely Kiki. No, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. But I I will say I remember going to that store when I lived in Chicago, and and I was like, oh, when I was a kid, my mom would never get the, me these dolls. And the the way that the store was laid out, it was so pandering to kids. It was like these little cards that you would take. So like mm-hmm. it would be like at kid level, if you wanted to buy the dolls or any of their accessories or any of their like furnishings, you just took a little card. So yeah. like these little kids could just like load up on cards and just like give them to their mom and be like, this is what I want. Um, but yeah, I I was never allowed to have those dolls. My mom wouldn't, my parents would not spend that kind of money on My sister on a had doll. one. But yeah. I, it also was like, it wasn't an American Girl doll because there wasn't there a thing where you could, 
basically create a doll version of yourself. Yes, that was an American girl. There okay, was an so American yes. girl, like it's it was called like just like me or something like that. That's not yes. the name, but it was where you yes. would give them your hair color, your, your eye color, marks. your yeah, and they yep. could they would make an American girl doll in your form to, to put it. <laughs> yeah, that was around our house, and I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Like I mean, it at all. I will say for your sister, if she only gets one doll, you know, from the American Girl collection. That's the one to do is the one that looks like you because it, that how fun is that? Yeah, that's so fun. But I will say it's a nostalgia for me too because I look. I don't like it. Too expensive. Too it's, much. It, it's it's prohibitively expensive. And here's the thing: like my sister had a lot of Barbies growing up, like Barbie dolls, mm-hmm. which I of course love to play with like i I just i i I was so into the fact that there were just hundreds of like girls like around like you could just make them like i just loved playing with the with the barbies like i got barbie a lot but i was always like in in my adult life i'm like how much for each one of those they can't have been expensive and then it's like once you put like a social cachet on having an american girl doll and it's 135 dollars i'm like i just feel bad for the parents yeah, like it becomes a whole other thing of like needing to provide for your kid because you want. It's like it's like. Remember how every single year you guys remember this? It's like every single year that was that one Christmas gift that was like what you needed to have but was prohibitively expensive, like a Furby. Right, right, right. What was right. the big one when you guys were kids? I think we were post that happening, but I remember hearing about like Tickle Me Elmo or Tickle something. Me Elmo, Furby. Then it crossed over right. into video games, and it was like PlayStation Two. You know what I mean? It was like I remember right. like all this shit. And but like it was like that one thing that you had to have and you sucked if you didn't have it. And it was so expensive. And I just now looking back, I'm like, that sucks for the parents. And people were like getting trampled on trying to go tickle me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing with American Girl dolls is they're so like the point of a doll is to like play with it. And wouldn't you be so scared? Like I remember my friend Emily Eisenberg had a bunch of them on her shelf. And I don't know if she like played with them because it's like if you broke it, like. That's an expensive thing to break. And I remember like with Barbies, it was just like, you know, I remember we for fun, for drama class, we recreated like the Black Hole Sun video and we like burned one of the Barbies like let, like not in like a That's not in like a sociopath Barbie, way, but like, yeah, like you it just felt like, you know, it, we'll buy a new one. It's not the end of the world. Yes. The, yeah, thing, yeah. the thing you love about Barbie is shaving her head and putting her legs yeah. above her head. <laughs> you know what I mean? And throwing her off the balcony. We love that about Barbie. Yeah, you can't do that fine. with an American girl. All that $6,000. Yeah. Like, no. So Jonah, yeah. I'm, I don't want to judge what your answer is going to be, but is this a yes or oh, nostalgia God. for you? <laughs> this, yeah, this is uh, something that I wasn't vaguely familiar with something that <laughs> never I've thought about. Never. Uh, yeah. This could not be something I could be sort of less interested in so i'm gonna go ahead and make that a a nostalgia not because i'm trying to be cool uh just because you don't even need to try to be cool though (laughs) since a young age you've been cool (laughs) you play like motley crew yeah i was was more interested in yeah maybe a cassette of dr feelgood or something at this point (laughs) i was not yeah I love it. Can I say we we're so far we're a hundred percent all together on both of those. Yeah, that is rare. So let's see if we can do the third one. Well, the third one, if we're not all in agreement, it feels (sighs) like one of us will be a monster. But go ahead. Okay. So the third one is the Book It program is coming back by Pizza Hut. Matt, are you familiar with this at all? 
No, I'm familiar with Pizza Hut in a major way, but not the Book It program. Okay, so the Book It was a reading incentive program created by Pizza Hut in 1984 that would empower teachers and parents to motivate their students to read by providing reading award certificates. Yes. Good for a free one-topping personal pan pizza. Of course. This is free to schools and parents homeschooling their own children. So basically, this thing was a thing in the 80s. And if you like read books, you get this certificate and then you would get a pizza from Pizza Hut, basically to incentivize people to read. But um, when we were growing up, I felt like you got a whole pizza and they just relaunched it and you get a one topping personal pizza, which I feel like is like not very much pizza, but still. Yeah, still they relaunched like Camp Book It or something that Book It has never gone away, but they've they've come out with different versions or they've rebranded themselves over the years. I, I was just so shocked to hear that Book It still exists you know, after being something that we had in our childhood. And again, it was, I guess, founded in 1984. Would we go to Pizza Hut with our certificates? Because I don't really remember. I remember going to Pizza Hut, but I don't remember like reading. I read a lot, but not because I equated that with free pizza. So we got these booklets from Book It, oh, I think. Oh, right. You got and like we stickers get or something. Sticker, yeah, and we would get a sticker. And you'd put like a sticker on a page every time you'd read a book. Now, we were prime Book It. Like we really kind of pulled a scam because we were... <laughs> really young when we were doing book it and so uh, look we're not reading a wrinkle in time we're reading like mm-hmm. you know Stregonona. we're reading like children's books i'm reading so, some choose your own adventures oh yeah but I'm you're not reading, reading i'm not reading every jonah, e- ending i'm reading whatever i ended up on that i definitely reading. was reading picture books jonah is this is another thing that's really jonah and my mom are both really avid really fast readers mm-hmm. my dad and i it takes us like two years to read one page <laughs> yeah. so that's just kind of uh but Jonah is always an avid reader. But yeah, you would get, if you read a certain amount of books, you would not get a personal pan pizza only. You would get a pizza party, I think, for your whole class, wow. which was incredible. So that's why when I was reading like in the version that they have currently, like what do kids get? And it looks like, you know, it looks like you get one personal pan pizza if you've read like a ton of books, which I go like, I'm glad it exists, but I'm also like, maybe we can do a little better. You know, here's what I think. I love pizza. And I think that Pizza Hut is one of the great providers of it. Agree. I actually think that in the sort of great pizza wars mm-hmm. of Papa John and Pizza Hut and Domino's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would give the edge to Domino's, but they just don't have this program. So mm-hmm. for me, what that says is Domino's is not invested in kids reading. So then you fall to your number two, which out of the three, for me, sorry to Papa John's, is Pizza Hut. Yeah. Now, that's a good quality pizza. Is it Domino's now? But are they are, are they encouraging and putting it in kids' heads to read? Yes. Yes. And is that more important now than ever? Yes. Yes. Yeah, And so um, I think that while the size of the pizza may not be big, mm-hmm. let's also think about this. Do we want kids to be eating that much pizza? Right. Or should we be encouraging instead of maybe a big pizza, maybe a small pizza and a salad, maybe right. a small pizza and a glass of water. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying is yes, Dalja. Okay. I agree. I I do not agree with your pizza rankings. Okay, that's fine. But that's not Whoa, what we're talking about. That's not. That's actually not what we're talking about. <laughs> Why? Jonah. What's your pizza rankings now? Because you because because you want to fight. That's the thing. No, I do. So Papa John's, <laughs> I think number one for sure. 
What? And then the Domino's and pizza I haven't had in so long because I feel like Domino's, every time I see a commercial, they're like, we've changed our recipe. Our pizza isn't bad anymore. Try us no, again. No, Domino's has stayed so consistent. Domino's has stayed giving you that Domino's flavor and the wings, honey. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> the wings have you had? So I have heard, good. What about, have you had the lava cakes? No, I don't do cakes. <laughs> Why would I want cakes when I could have Domino's pizza and the wings? My All right. Cakes. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, I think book is great. I think I think you're probably right. Probably giving a kid a whole pizza <laughs> for reading a book is maybe overkill. Like y'all, y'all are like, it's not enough pizza. And I'm saying, but do we want to fill these kids up with pizza? Right. 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 It's a new day. It's 2022. And I could talk to this brand manager, Melanie. Melanie, she would probably have an idea of this, but it's probably <laughs> also like there's some marketing thing where they're like, yeah, we give them free pizza, but then that makes them like addicted to our pizza and then they'll be consumers for life or so i feel like there's some insidious hmm. marketing you want to leave them wanting more that's the thing right, if it's a small right, pizza and they right. enjoyed it they're like oh my god i can't wait to read more to get another one of those little pizzas right and then they're equating reading with pizza and then they see they see a, a pizza hut and they think i can get approval by going right. here and maybe there's just some kind of psychological thing that's going on that maybe is oh it's all psychological yeah oh, it's all i'm not a brand manager i don't know for sure but oh, yeah. i think yeah this is very. This is a huge Big Brother move for them to do what they're doing. <laughs> but it's still nostalgia for me. I mean, I think you know it's it's positive overall. Probably two out of three, most likely two out of three. Vanessa, what do you think? Don't do it. Well, to quote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> you know, pizza rules or yes! whatever they used to, what they used to yes! say. About pizza. They said like pizza time or whatever. They, well, they loved pizza. They loved they did pizza. Love, they and, it was their favorite. Yeah. And um, I just want to make something very clear that I left out earlier. Students may redeem one reading or they get these reading award certificates when they read a bunch of books and they may redeem one certificate per month. And then when a child redeems their certificate with Pizza Hut, they're celebrated with a one topping personal pizza. So, you know, they're cutting corners, left right? <laughs> I would say there I have such fond memories of Book It and I don't know if they still do this, but they used to give out these like little pins that said Book It with a hologram of a book that opened and closed. And it was a very cool pin. And I just want to say I'm full yesalgia for Book It. I I love it and I and I support it. That was amazing. Cause that could have gone anyway. Yeah. 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 It felt like you were qualifying and qualifying and yeah. you were gonna be like, but it's gonna be a no i just and and my intro you know i guess i made it on you know i didn't say which way i thought someone would be but i did think if one of us said like we're anti-book it i thought that would be almost unforgivable yeah i i don't know i i feel like it's like pizza and also kids reading feels yeah you like, gotta give it to them feels yeah. like feels like she's running you know what i mean that's a platform exactly. and a half <laughs> it is a platform and a half well look we had so much fun with you today, Matt. I mean, this was so fun. We love talking to you. You're an angel and a gem. And and honestly, we have a lot of different opinions, but it doesn't mean that we can't be friends. What I think is so amazing about the conversation that we had today is that we did not shy away from conflict. No, because I think true. that we all knew. And I want everyone out there listening to understand this, that you can have conflict and also with conflict comes resolution. Exactly. And also you understand that sometimes you have to get into the thick of it. Get into to, the thick of it. To come out on the other side better. Better. I'm so much better as a result of doing this. As am I. 
Jonah? Yeah, I feel like I've actually just grown a lot as a person. Over you were already the last pretty hour. cool at the beginning, though. <laughs> You've been exactly. pretty cool. Since I was you were pretty a kid. cool, but now I feel like um, I feel like I have some 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 personal growth, some new goals, um, and yeah, I feel like a little bit changed. I think we're all smarter, cooler, hotter, yep. edgier, <laughs> more marketable. I think absolutely, that absolutely think more marketable. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. <laughs> and to everyone for listening. Now, if you enjoyed that podcast, please subscribe to it and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like the classic film, Let's All Say It Together, Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 